Hello and welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney and today I'm speaking with Mickey Gardner, who is a conscious co-parenting coach. And we're going to talk to her today about helping mothers navigate emotional and practical difficulties of divorce and co-parenting. Hello, Mickey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me today. My pleasure. It's a uh, little cold, windy day here in in the Boston area. I imagine it's similar where you are in this December one. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about yourself. I'm sure our audience would like to know who, who you are. Who I am? Why are we talking today? Well, thanks. Thanks for that opportunity. Um, my name's Mickey. I am, like you said, a conscious co-parenting coach. Um, I'm a life coach, and I'm also certified as a conscious parenting coach. So I've sort of blended the two things together. And what mm-hmm. I do is really support women to move past the divorce, past the frustration, past the conflict, and learn how to show up as confident, calm co-parents. Um, I always like to say, even without their ex's permission or participation. I like and, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's so important. And I came to this, like, I think many of us do in that I needed the work myself. And um, in my, what I call my previous life is I was a small business owner. I was a wedding planner. I was traveling the world, planning huge events Wow! Uh, and loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I had checked every box there was to check. I did the college thing. I did the small business. I was an entrepreneur. I got married. I had a kid. I had a house. Everything was supposed to be perfect until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Life changes. Instance, you know, it felt like an instant looking back. It was not. It was coming over time. But um, my life really fell apart. And um, I started out on a journey of um, becoming divorced. No one in my family was divorced. Um, I was really the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was navigating just so many things at once. And the one thing that I held on to was when I finally came to the decision that this was what needed to happen. I remember sitting down with my now ex and saying, you know, we're going to call this while we still have warm, fuzzy feelings, <laughs> some mm-hmm. anyway, uh-huh. so that we can figure out how to do this in a way that we end up a family. Because I really believe divorce doesn't stop you from being a family, changes the dynamics of that family. And so I really went into it not knowing anything, not understanding how I was going to do this. And I made a ton of mistakes. But I really just decided we're going to figure out a way to do this. That's the best thing we can do for our child. And, you know, many years later, a lot of mistakes made. I think the one thing that I can say and that I can say to my son every day is that I did the best I could Mm -hmm. and we both did. And so I think that's all any of us can do. But in the process, um, I learned about coaching. Um, My coach who helped me through the journey really shifted everything in my life. Um, So much so that I sold the business. I um, went, got all the education for coaching and have now really spent the time helping women navigate this process. Because I think in our society, there's still so much shame around divorce. Um, There's still that sense of it's a broken home. 
Yeah. Uh, your children are going to be scarred for life. And there's just so much negativity and yeah. glorification of conflict in divorce that there's very few, there are many of us out there talking, but it's not the norm to hear about co-parenting well. What does that look like? How is that's that even sure. possible? Right. And so that's really what um, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to talk about today with you. And um, I understand every situation is different and you know it's not always the same where two people want to do it the same way. Um, but really yeah. helping to give a guide and a process to co-parent as best you can. Well, I appreciate that that background and context and your personal disclosures. I, I really like all of what you said, but particularly that we're still a family. We're just mm -hmm. a different kind of family now, and we have to navigate in a different kind of way. Yeah. And it really gives a uh, uh, you know perspective on on what you're probably what you're going to say next. The rest of this podcast. So, um, love to talk about how to navigate parenting styles, which is something that you've emphasized when we talked and values or. And, and how you would do that when you're coaching and, yeah. and, why, and why you do that when you're coaching. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that comes up always with uh, clients when, when we're talking is, well, I can't be the mom or I do work with some dads. So I can't be the parent that I want to be because my ex doesn't parent the same way. Yeah. Well, there's two things here. One, even if you were still married, those parenting styles would still be present. Right. And so yes. it's not the divorce that's causing it. It's that you guys have different parenting styles. Right. Yeah. Yep. And the second thing is just because parenting styles are different doesn't mean that there is a problem. And so I really come from the, the education and the, and the background and the belief that we can't control other people. I wish we could. It would be so nice if I had the easy button that I could give you to hit to make everyone mm -hmm. in your life do what you want. But we just can't control other people because they're humans with free will. What we can do is influence. And so I try to help clients and um, any women or parents that I talk to is understanding when you can release the idea of control and trying to get a specific outcome and really step into what is it that I believe? What are my values? What is my vision? And you start walking towards that. That's a powerful place to be. And that creates influence. So again, you might not be able to change the other person's parenting style, but you get more busy and more concentrated and focused on what you're doing to show up as the best version of you and I think that's all we can ever do. And our children will take away what they need from each situation. So when you talk about influence, which is a good, very good word, and a vision of values, do you talking about trying to influence the other parent to see the end result in the same way or just influence the child? I am all for collaboration, right? The We are always, every single relationship that we're in, it's two humans. And so it's therefore co-created. We're each bringing things, you know, as much as maybe one person might be bringing a lot more drama or conflict, we also have to be willing to look at our side of the street. And so when I talk about influence, sometimes it means just being more aware 
more mindful of what's actually going on, um, getting to the truth and the facts of a situation versus just looking at the drama or the conflict or the outward behavior, mm -hmm. because we influence everything. If I'm very concentrated on what this other person is or isn't doing as a parent, right? I'm losing sight of what I could be doing to mm -hmm. balance it, to offset it, to mm -hmm. um, support, mm -hmm. right? I'm just focusing so much on what I don't have control over. Yeah. So I really like for clients and people to sort of take the time to do the work for them to understand what's important to me, right? What is really of value? What's a fight that I'm willing to fight? And what is one that I'm just not? Yeah. Because so much, I mean, sure you see it all the time, but once you get into the conflict cycle, yeah, it's hard to get out. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get out. Yeah. Well, it's the same kind of cycle when you're married and you have an argument, right? That uh, thousand that percent. Yeah. It's, I always love when my clients say, well, you know, it's because of the divorce that they're like this. Well, weren't they like that when you were married? Mm -hmm. well, yeah. But <laughs> right? yeah. it's just, it's an easy thing to point to yeah. that everything was caused from this divorce, but it wasn't the divorce. It was mm -hmm. everything leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And then everything we do after. And so mm -hmm. it's really, we can't, again, can't control and we can't change anything. So yes. what can we change? How we're showing up, what we're thinking, what we're feeling and how we're acting. Good. Good advice. Um, I wanted to talk because this is, I'm sure something our listeners and I really want to hear about is co-parenting communication skills. Mm. You know, how yes, do we talk? Yeah. yeah, that's a big topic, isn't it? <laughs> It's a big topic. I was actually just with a, um, a client last night. We were walking through this. Um, it's funny because, you know, she finds herself in the same pattern, which so many of us do. So what I see so often is a toxic cycle of communication. One parent will start a conversation or a text or an email, right, with a request. And then the other co-parent will say something where you will feel the need to either defend, explain, or blame, right? So then you send back a response, mm -hmm. right? Explaining, yeah. blaming, or complaining. And then they respond to that, right? And now you are in a cycle that just doesn't end until something interrupts it. So what I like to do is talk about a desired roadmap for communication, so the email, text, or conversation can start as soon as then the ex or co-parent might say something where you feel that need. Instead of reacting, we want to pause. We want to always hit the pause button. And I actually always recommend giving yourself a time limit before you respond to any text or uh -huh. email. It uh -huh. could be five minutes. It could be 45 minutes. It could be 12 hours. Uh-huh. Depending on what the pattern is, giving yourself the ability to pause because mm -hmm. that is not a muscle that we innately have. Mm -hmm. So um, don't overreact. Don't react quickly, right? Yes. Everything is, um, I always talk about really wanting to respond to life instead of react. Mm -hmm. And so when you hit that pause button and before you respond and you take a breath and mm -hmm. sort of settle yourself in and ask what is true here, right? It might be, I'm feeling attacked. He's wrong. 
he's lying, like whatever it is. Okay, so that is true that that is happening. What do I need in this moment? Well, you know, that's where you have to really decide. Is this something I'm worth going? Is it really a battle that we're going to go, you know, sort of uh, really go for? Or can I give myself sort of the space and the grace to realize I can't change their mind? Mm -hmm. This isn't something I want to put myself in. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to politely excuse myself. Mm -hmm. That might look like saying, I am not going to uh, continue a conversation that is being, that is disrespectful, name calling, yelling. Um, I'm going to leave. It's all about sort of boundaries and boundaries often get misconstrued thinking it's about saying or doing something to get the other person to change. Uh A boundary is always what you will do in response to something in the world. Uh And so it really is about what you will do. If you yell, if you call me names, if you speak disrespectfully, I will leave the conversation and I will come back at another time. Do you are you recommending that someone say that? That, that I've been essentially, I've been disrespected, so I'm not going to respond right now or just not respond. It's saying this, you know, it's as easy as, you know, the client that I was talking to yesterday, sometimes it doesn't need to be said, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just someone calling names, yeah. right? Or yeah. just being mean to be mean. We don't need to respond to that at all. Now, if it is an issue, right, that maybe involves the kids and you're having a conversation, and it gets very heated or there is yelling or there's name calling that happens. As soon as that happens, you state your boundary. I will not talk. I will not participate in a conversation where there is yelling, name calling or disrespect. I will come back when you're able to have a calm conversation and you exit. Now, the second time around, right, you can repeat yourself. But maybe that third time you just end the conversation. Mm hmm. Right. It's really about what can I do Mm -hmm. versus this person is doing this to me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really understanding, okay, I have the power to take control of me, of how I think and feel and act here, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. But it it also involves if we need to, if there, I mean, that's the hardest part about co parenting, I think, is, you know, if you don't have children and you get divorced, you don't ever have to talk again. You can just move on. And, you know, when people pass away, we grieve that loss, right? And that person is gone and we have to grieve and find closure. In divorce, there is a death that we are grieving, the death of the relationship that we thought we had, the life we thought we had, all of those things. Yet the person is still out there. Yep. Living, breathing, living their life. And yeah. so and interacting in, with us. <laughs> yes. You know, and with the with kids involved, we don't have the luxury of just not speaking anymore. So it's so important that we do our work so that we can show up in a way that we aren't contrib- that we're not part of the problem, but we're part of the solution. Mm. Well said. Well done. So communication skills, setting boundaries, mm-hmm. um, communicating positively. And then how do you co-parent with someone when you when your parenting skills are different? Yes. So I think part of that is understanding what, again, what you can and can't control. Um, and a lot of it is also we have to keep the child very child centered. 
Okay. So if there's one parent that believes there should never be a screen, I'm just going to use screens because screens are such a topic, right? There's some people that think there should never be a screen. Screens are awful. No screens. The other parent might think, put them on the screen, right? It's, I just have too much to do. So you have to think about your child's experience of this, right? If you're standing on this side saying, have at it with the screen, right? Watch whatever you want. But the other parent is never have a screen. It's horrible. It's awful. What's the message there, right? What is the child taking away? And so I really, instead of, I'm not, it's all about compromise, right? We don't want to try to put all of our attention, trying to get the person to change how they think and feel and parent, but it's how am I going to parent in response to this, Mm -hmm. right? I might have to move a little bit towards the middle, right? And it might feel awkward for me. It might not be great, but what is my child taking away? And can I model moderation? Can I model different, different thoughts? Mm -hmm. So one example of this, you know, in my own life, I have a blended family here where we have two brought together and there are very different eating habits, right? Nutrition, sort of thoughts about it. And what I had to learn and what, you know, I work with my clients on a lot is this compromise and holding true to what is important to me and also balancing that with what is the message for the kids? Because I can be very sort of staunch and hard-lined, but what is the message for my stepkids, my bonus kids, Mm -hmm. as I call them? You know, uh-huh. am I supporting them in the best way, saying the way that they eat, in my opinion, is wrong or unhealthy? Or can I instead choose to show up the way that I do, put healthy things in front of them, and sort of do it without this judgment? Right. And so I think a lot of times when we're looking at parenting styles, there's so much judgment involved. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, sort of very black and white. And that is when we know that we have a little bit of work to do internally. And so that always comes back to how I want to live my life. What I want to do for me and my child is up to me on my time when I have them. And how can I best support them when there is something different? How can we talk about it? Can I open the conversation with them, help them ask questions and understand Um, One of the things that I believe that we can do for our children is really open up the dialogue so that they can have input. They may not be able to make decisions in their lives, depending on what age and stage they're at, but we can absolutely empower them to start to advocate for themselves, to start to understand what's important for them, what Uh have bodily autonomy. And all of this is, is conversational. And so it's not about the other parent's style is bad, but here's what I think, right? What do you, what do you think? And opening up that conversation without judgment. So how do you characterize the different styles between the houses, food or parenting or screen time or whatever it is, um, to the children? Uh, so yeah, you can say, you know, that parent and I do it differently mm-hmm. or, and, and I, and this is the way I like to do it, not without. 
Absolutely. Suggesting the other parent is doing it badly or wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I always like, I always like to come at it with, we both love you because that is true, right? We both want what's best for you. This is just what I think. And that's what they think because divorced or not, kids have to learn about all kinds of different things. And as they grow up and they get different friends and they're moving around you know, they start to understand this. And so divorce is, there's positive and negative to it. But the positive thing is that they can learn how to live in and be resilient and self-sufficient in different environments. Mm -hmm. And we can help them when we influence them, again, from a place without judgment or conflict or blame and resistance, but really helping them know what they can and can't do what they can and can't control, and how they are in control of their experience wherever they are. You make a great point because it really is teaching kids uh, decision-making on their own, right? We have input from different people, and they have to sort through it and decide what's important, what makes sense, what they what decision they want to make for themselves based on the information. Now, obviously younger children have a different, you know, way of handling that than older children, but you are giving them a good skill. Kids, good skill. Absolutely. And I think, you know, conscious parenting, there's a little bit of a rap that thinks it's very sort of hands off or no discipline. It's just a free for all out there. Right. It's, I, I don't believe that that could be further from the truth really to be conscious and to be mindful it's to be very aware to what is going on. So I know a lot of times school can be a real issue when you're co-parenting, you know, different routines, different schedules, you know, maybe they get their homework done at one house, but they don't at the other house. So yeah, again, always age and stage appropriate. And that's where I feel like getting help and having a support system is so important. Many parents aren't um, experts on, on child rearing. Right. Right. I mean, it's like the only thing you can do without a license or education. And so it's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. So we, I think it's really important to understand what is going on with the age of my child. Um, Just again, with another client yesterday, she was so hurt because she and her ex had to go to a school function And the little boy ran up to his dad, put his arm around him, and off they walked down the hall without her. And it was like a knife in her heart. Mm. But I reminded her, he's eight years old. And that is a stage in a boy's life that he's very male-focused. It's part Uh of the developmental phase that he's going through. So by Uh understanding that, she sort of was able to give herself a little bit of grace okay, right? This is a season that we're in. It's not going to be forever. He's going to come back and love mom again. (laughs) And it's Uh not that he doesn't love mom, right? He just, this is something that he's focused on and he needs. And so I try to always help my clients and the people that I talk to understand that it is not a competition. It is really about you loving and supporting and being there as much as you can for your child all the time, even when they're not with you. And that looks different given each situation, but we have to really do our own work so that we're emotionally stable and resilient and able to be mindful so that we're not adding to the conflict. 
Right, because everyone brings their own history, baggage, child rearing, parent, their own parenting relationship to this Absolutely. experience with with raising your own children. Yeah, and if you can separate that, or at least identify how it is you think your children should be raised, which may be different than the way that you were raised, right? It might be. Yeah, could be the same. Could be different. Yeah, and again, it was going to be that way whether you are divorced or not. It's important to mm-hmm. always understand that two people are different people, whether they're married or they're not married. Mm-hmm. And then you have other, you know, then you have the fun activity of another partner coming in, maybe to your co-parent's life, right? That can bring a whole new set, right? Of nuances, of um, standards, of values, right? So co-parenting is really a full contact sport <laughs> that we have to be <laughs> ready for. And, you know, it's not a fight, it's not a battle, but it is a journey. And really equipping yourself to be on that journey, to withstand it and to go through it in the best, most powerful way is all we can ever do. Yeah, it's certainly challenging when there's just two parents and, you know, a couple of kids. But when you start introducing new spouses, new partners, new children to that equation, the dynamic really changes and becomes challenging. Yeah. I mean, my coach has uh, 10 kids in their blended family. Wow. I know they were all together for Thanksgiving. It was, uh, so I always, so I'm, we have three here and then my, (laughs) my son has a half brother on the other side. So, you know, one thing I, that just reminded me that, um, you know, it's just sometimes we can't always change or control what's going on, but it's also your perspective and your mindset. And one thing that I knew right away is that as soon as there was someone else in my ex's life, I was just choosing to see her as one more person to love and care for my child. Uh-huh. And that perspective helped me get through a lot, a lot yeah. of... Um, You know, I just stayed really true to it. And I suggest to everyone as you're going through this, it's why it's the first thing I do with my clients. We set our values and we set our vision. This will evolve Mm -hmm. as you learn and grow and do, you know, find out new things. But when we have a vision, it acts as a lighthouse to guide us. So even in the Mm -hmm. darkest of moments, we know where we're headed. So we might not know how to get there but we have sort of a sense of which direction to go. And I think it's so important because we get tripped up, we stumble, things happen, there's conflict, there's arguments, there's sadness, Um, but it really helps to guide you when you are very, very true to what you want, what you want your family to look like. And it might not happen right away, but it can happen when you take a step every day. Yeah, it's good to have a vision. It's true. But I imagine there's bumps on the road and there's wind that pushes you off the road every now and then. A bad day with the uh, your your former spouse's new spouse or something like that. Or Absolutely. You know, you, Absolutely. Your kid says something mean to you but that that hurts. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah, I got the I hate you, mom, two days ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, fun. We're here. Okay, I heard about yeah, this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hard to, hard to, you know, understand that those are just temporary hurts. Yeah, know? and I think that's the biggest thing. When we are grieving and when we're hurting and when we have had trauma from divorce, we are just like open wounds. Yes, right? we are. And anything, right. it feels like salt being poured in. And so mm-hmm. for your children's sake, we have to do the work for ourselves 
You know, parenting is always about the parent, not the child. If it were about the children, it would be called childing. It is parenting for a reason, right? We have to really clean clean up our side so that we're not dumping uh-huh. onto our children, expecting our uh-huh. children to heal our wounds. That's our job. Yeah. And so it's just a really important, whatever support you need, therapy, coaching, attorneys, what all, there's so much support out there. I just really encourage people to, if you have that nudge that you need help, raise your hand and find it because it is uh-huh. there for you. And you're not meant to do this alone. Evolutionarily, it's hard. Today, we're not yeah. supposed to be alone. And we now live in the complete opposite framework of how we were wired to live. We're meant to be in community. And now we're living very separate lives as humans. And that is why mm-hmm. we're seeing the loneliness epidemic that is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction, debt, all overconsumption, all of the things. Um, It really is when we start to understand how our brain works and how we are wired, it helps us lean into it and actually live a more intentional, purposeful life. Mickey, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate so much that you participated in in, uh, the Inside Divorce podcast. What do you tell our audience how to reach you? Because I hope that people call you and use you as a a coach, a conscious co-parenting coach. Yes. Um, well, they can find me. I hang out on Instagram. It's just my name, Mickey Gardner. Um, my website is the same. And I have a podcast as well called um, Co-Parenting with Confidence. So I appreciate okay. you um, allowing me to be here and talk to your audience and to meet you. Well, Mickey's name is spelled M-I-K-K-I, which may make it a little more difficult to find her. (laughs) Gardner is G-A-R-D-N-E-R, which you might expect, Uh, but it's been a pleasure. I I wish you luck, and I appreciate all the the brilliant insights you've shared with us today. Well, thank you, and thank you for all you do to support everyone, and it's so important that we're all working together, so thank you. 